Hello and welcome to the Deputy and Bear podcast. My name's Sean. Joining me, as always, uh, some, uh, on a regular occurrence, is uh, Dante Buffermist Bufferman. How are you? The one and only. Oh, you fucked it. Fuck. You fucked it. But the rhythm's been disrupted, but it shouldn't have been disrupted because I was with you last week and you just absolutely flossed on the intro. Yeah. What uh, is it? What is it about consecutive visits for me <laughs> that it, it's tripped you up? Not sure, not sure. But um, let's just let's just keep powering through. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm alright. Yeah. I'm alright. Enjoying a couple of we're enjoying a couple of cold ones right now. Yeah, lukewarm ones. Yeah, um, but, you know, the listeners don't need to know it's lukewarm. Deeds Brewing pregame pale ale. This Deeds uh, Deeds Brewing is that the head brewer is a a man named Kurt who is the partner of my friend Brenton so oh, yeah. Brenton if you're listening <laughs> shout out to you uh, just up in Glen Iris yeah um, lovely part of the world yeah well, God's country when I saw this I was like because I was actually getting these beers for a pregame and I was like Oh, they better not be mid-strength because some motherfuckers do that. But they're not. They're, they're fucking true true blue Aussie fucking beers. Man. Have you buried the lead by not saying that they're, that they're pre-game or did you say that? I said that, yeah. Oh. Um, oh, this has been a start to the pod. Well, the start that I had planned for... Um, I'm in a Facebook group called ThoughtShare. Um, yeah. yeah. Where you just share thoughts. Um, and I saw this one just, just as I pulled up in the car. I was on my phone walking over to your house. Yeah, it's about 20 meters you didn't have much time uh, yeah I, I'm uh, I'm addicted except my screen time has been going steadily down for the past six months my yeah. phone told me that I averaged six minutes a day last week bullshit which sounds fake yeah uh, in fact I know it's fake yeah so what happened I don't know yeah right. maybe you should know but I'll um, claim it so thought share this guy who um I, I can even dox him his name's Oogly Boogly <laughs> <laughs> That's his Facebook name. <laughs> um, he's so he said he's staying in a hotel, and he said, "What's everyone's thoughts on this?" I'm staying in a hotel. The only sort of um, the only sort of like cooking apparatus he has is like a barbecue, right? And he goes, instead of like filling up the sink at the hotel, he's there for like long enough time where that's a thing. Um, he goes, "I'm thinking of taking my cutlery into the shower with me and cleaning it there." What are the thoughts on that? Is he going to be cleaning the cutlery with that like, body wash? Yeah, well, that's because that's that's not on. Well, I mean, it, I agree with you that it's not on. But just to play DA, mm-hmm. Devil's Advocate, mm-hmm. not DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> uh, just to play DeAndre Ayton for a second. Why is it not on? Because dishwashing soap is made to cut through fat. Yeah. I don't know what body soap does. But it cuts through grime, surely, and dirt, and I don't know. schmutz. Surely, surely, there's a lot of schmutz on the body, and body soap is 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 uh, coordinated to is body oils. Maybe it's alright then. Because I mean, you would know if it wasn't working. Like, if it didn't cut through the fat, so it didn't cut through the what you would need. Like, are you, are you then taking like the sponge and the scourer in? Because all of a sudden you're getting like a. And what are you yeah. doing with the dishes? Are you stacking the dishes on the like leaving the dishes on the floor when you yeah. on the hotel shower floor when you're done with them? Because that's not. <laughs> I think we can. I think we can probably both agree. Myth that's, busted. Yeah, that, that's a no. What was the consensus in the thought share? Post. I, I got to your, I got to your door and I closed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know what you're doing. As soon as we fucking 
when we finish the pod. <laughs> finish this recording. Um, yeah, and that's a beautiful segue to the article that's on the deep2.com. Um, an, an article by Alessio and myself um, talking about the James Harden move by the Clippers. You came up with a nice headline for it, flipping the James Harden-sized coin. Thanks very much. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Alessio and I just go back and forth, sometimes together and then sometimes not together, about what the James Harden trades means, um, how we think it's going to play out, what are our predictions. How's um, it going so far? Pretty fucking bad. <laughs> pretty fucking bad. Um, so, Isn't that so good? Yeah, it's Wouldn't great. it just be but awesome I, from here? Yeah, I know, but on opening night, you know how I've been like high on Kawhi Leonard for like fucking 25 years, right? Um, when we were when we did the opening night pod on the four-man wave, just before the podcast finished, you know, we gave our predictions who we think is going to win the NBA championship, and I'm like, ah, Clippers might be a smoky, right? Because I really liked Paul George, I really liked Kawhi Leonard, and now it doesn't even matter if they're the best. If they're healthy, play 80 games each, and they do everything perfectly, it doesn't matter. Because they just can't win a title with these two guys. The other two guys. Russell, the other two guys, Russell yeah. And, and Jimmy. Yeah, they literally could just trade Russ. Yeah, I know, but like, Kawhi said he wants him, they got him, they yeah. re-signed him. They could have just not re-signed him. Well, they should have re-signed him because they... Well, it's good value. Like. Well, it's good. Yeah, it's great value. And he played well for... He's, he has played well for them. But they had, you know, put him in a situation where he's at least a little bit optimized and able to kind of do his thing. And now with the ball in, you know, Big Jim is already taken, but James Harden giving you another reason to call him Big Jim. <laughs> with the ball in Harden's hands, uh, there's no role for him. I, I have a feeling which I've had maybe only once before, like an intense sporting schadenfreude where the only previous time I had felt this was maybe two and a half seasons ago in the Premier League when Newcastle had just been bought by the Saudi investment fund. Mm-hmm. And they were like 16th mm. in the Premier League and they were playing terribly. And it was like, there's a really realistic world halfway through this season where Newcastle has just been bought and becomes instantly the richest club in the entire world. Mm. And they could get relegated to the championship. And every single neutral was rooting for Newcastle to get relegated to the championship. I feel the exact same way now because like, wouldn't it just be so funny? So many... They've paid so much for the stars. They've got so many guys come through there. So many high-end role players. So many like great trades where they've really kind of added a piece that you think, oh, this is going to be really good for them. Mm. And for them to come away with nothing and for it to all culminate in a spectacular dumpster fire would just be so enriching for me personally and spiritually. Um, and also Bones Highland being excised from the rotation and then Bones retweeting like a bleacher report the graphic that says Tyloo says that Bones is out of the um, he's out of the rotation and then Bones just like tweeting a cap emoji but it's like oh you played zero minutes for like the fifth consecutive game one of those remember things. when you picked him for six minutes of the year six minutes of the year yeah, yeah um, he looked quite good next to Jokic but it turns out a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Bruce Brown's bank balance. Ask fucking Reggie Jackson's playing time. <laughs> um, Reggie Jackson sharing a starting backcourt with KCP for the first time since they're in Detroit together. 
That's a deep cut. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait to be saying that about Killian Hayes and someone yeah. else in 10 years' time. Exactly. Who the fuck's the two for that? I guess it's Cade, but who was the two last year? Alec Burks. <laughs> Alec Burks uh, in the All-Star conversation right now. He's going to fall off as he always does, but he's there right now. Um, also, sign up to our newsletter. You can find a link on our website. Our website is thedeep2.com. Um, and if you live in Melbourne, go to Bico. Gelateria Bico. Mm. The Mate. official gelateria of the Deep Two Podcast Network. Go! Get oh, a scoop, get a couple, get a granita. I was there last week. I uh, grabbed myself the sour blueberry, no, sour cream and blueberry. What are, are you shaking your head because I'm wrong? That is good. That's oh, fucking ma. You know, that's what we say in, in gelateria bico. Um, <laughs> and then my better half got the uh, El Forno di Riso. Oh, the rice pudding. Yeah. The rice pudding special. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, it was nice. Yeah, um, bloody hell. Yeah. He does a good scoop, that bloke. <laughs> he does a good scoop. He does, he does. Um, all right, but let's let's move on to the basketball. Today, we're going to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. We're going to do one over under Mulligan, and then we're going to run through some news. I'm sure you've already seen that by clicking on the title, but let's kick it off with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive onto the team. Um, they lost to the get. They lost today uh, against the Phoenix Suns in a road back to back, and their record is now eight and three. They are before today's game second in point differential, which is behind Boston, who are just running away with it. I think they um, Boston is ahead by six points. All these stats are coming from cleaning the glass blow. By the way, um, they're seventeenth in offense. In offense, they are first in short mid-range frequency, 19th in rim rim attempts, 23rd in three-point frequency, first in mid-range accuracy, fifth in three-point accuracy, and 24th in rim accuracy, which is maybe a a sign of regression. Um, They're first in defense, and the Rudy Gobert effect is well and truly underway. Rudy Gobert has said that he is feeling the healthiest he has in two years. Obviously, his final year with the Utah Jazz, you know, the Utah Jazz weren't the juggernaut that they were. There were plenty of, like, non-basketball things going on with that team and age-related things going on with that team. But Rudy Gobert um, has had some back problems. And then last season, he had some issues going into the season. And now Rudy says that he's feeling good. And the numbers back it up. They're they're doing a good job. Um, They're first in the league. uh, Sorry. Yeah, they're first in the league at limiting paint attempts. Um, and yeah, Rudy Gobert's killing it in terms of stopping them at the paint. And as a Warriors fan who's just done a back-to-back against them, I can say that, yes, like Jonathan Kaminga got blocked at the apex by Rudy Gobert, which is something we haven't seen in a couple of years. And then for the rest of the game... Well, we haven't seen Jonathan Kaminga get blocked. No, or just we haven't seen Rudy Gobert at the Rudy apex. Rudy Gobert jump up uh, against an athletic... I just best to clarify. Against an athletic finisher and just swat him. And then for the rest of the game, I don't think Kaminga like stepped in the paint. Um, and the Minnesota Timberwolves are first in the league in opponent three-point percentage. Again, maybe a little case for regression here um, because we know that these sort of these stats that are out of their hands, we know that their personnel isn't, you know, they don't have the best switching defense. They don't have the best perimeter defenders. Mike Conley's getting down in age and Tony Edwards is just not locked in on, on defense. Um, but despite all that, they're fucking winning games. And I think that's the best place to start with the aforementioned Tony Edwards, which... I wrote in the run sheet, and you had a fucking cackle and a half when I when I uh, when you read it. Um, he gets away with Ant or Anthony way too much. He's Tony. He's, He's Tony, Tony from here on out. Um, 
yeah, Tony Edwards, 28 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. He's putting together an all-NBA season. He's putting the ball in the basket in the fourth quarter of every single game. Um, even though Cat has had a very slow start to the season, Tony Edwards is just fucking making up for it and some. Um, and Dante, what do you what do you want to say about either Tony Edwards or just the Wolves as a whole? Well, I mean, Tony Edwards, he's 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 doing things that. Did you think that he could kind of hit this level that he's shown so far in the early season? Uh, what three years ago, twenty twenty draft when he was taken number one? Because yeah. I feel like, I feel like he always felt more of an empty calories kind of yeah um, an empty calories kind of producer and obviously you know he's put up you know 20 plus season points in the past pretty much every season that he's been in the league um, but it's always been on pretty wolvesy wolves team so to see mm. them now actually like bursting out of the gates like this and, and with all of the advanced stats kind of backing it up is I'm quite surprised yeah I didn't think that this was going to happen and I mean you've hit on the two biggest reasons why it is happening <coughs> which is you know Aunt Tony I should catch myself it's Tony on the offensive end and it's Gobert they get Biombo on the defensive end notable that we haven't said Cat in, in either <laughs> of those and we can touch on him later um, but I didn't really feel like he could be the driving force of like a good offense mm, mm. Uh, but they've got, a, they've got a bunch of players who can shoot and they've got a bunch of players who know how to play their role and keep the ball moving um, and he's just he's making shots yeah yeah I mean coming into it you're like what's his ceiling like the, for the number one overall pick in a bad draft um, uh, you know, it was it was said to be a bad draft at the start of that before it actually happened. Um, and it's like okay what's his ceiling is he like an, is he an all star scorer is he like is he is he a Zach Levine type? You know, to go let's let's say there's a spectrum of good scoring two guards. You've got Luca at one end, and shortly behind him is um, Devin Booker, and then there's a chasm, and then there's yeah Zach Levine, and, <laughs> and then there's another chasm, and then it's Alec Burks, right? You would say he's maybe better than that Zach Levine type, but I think he's really like solidified himself in that All NBA Devin Booker spot so far. Like we'll see what happens, um, but it's yeah, it's just a lot of like self created shots for himself, and a lot of like he's got the ball, his defenders have got his hand up, like the scouters out on him that he's going to shoot this shot. So guys have their hands up, and he just jab jab and then shoots over the hand. And like obviously he's incredibly athletic. He's dunked on people before. He's like he's a, he's an amazing jumper. And he's jumping just like as high as he can on these jump shots and it fucking works. Like it looks really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it is sustainable. I think like, is he, is he in the all NBA conversation right now? Yes. And I think he will be there at the end of the season. I think the thing to watch with him specifically is whilst all of his efficiency numbers have had an uptick and he's gone from shooting 35 to 37% on threes, which is just completely normal, regular stuff. He is taking almost half of his shots in the mid-range. Mm. Uh, and, you know, you've mentioned a guy like Booker. That's his kind of exact shot profile as well. If you can get to those spots and you can make those shots, like, it's just... You you can 
get elite at that and like mm. Booker for the rest of his career until his athleticism starts to leave him will be shooting 50% on mid-ranges doesn't matter where he is he'll be doing it Chris Paul's been doing it for years Kevin Durant's been doing it for years like once you get that good at it you can just create those shots whenever you want and it'll be as good as a shot 10 feet closer for someone else mm. um but because this is his, this is his first season where he's really making that work at such a high level um his shot profile doesn't have the variability to withstand if the efficiency of his mid-range shooting drops. So that's one thing that I'll watch, particularly with a team that's got pretty like gummed up spacing issues on offense mm. at times, just with two bigs and Gobert rolling and not really being an effective offensive scorer, at least this season. Um, if, Ant can't if Tony can't sustain the the level of mid range shooting that he's put up so far, or if his three ball drops off or mm. or whatever. I don't know that the shorter mid and rim opportunities will be there for him to kind of supplement that. And I also mm. don't know whether he's necessarily inclined one of those players that's inclined to get all the way to the rim. Mm. That was what that was the scouting report on him coming out of college. It was like, okay, he falls in love with his jump shot when he's yeah. actually just six foot five and as athletic as you can possibly get and built like a fucking brick shit house. Yeah. Go yeah. to the rim every time. Yeah. Some yeah. of these players just need a bit of an injection of Zion in them. Mm-hmm. That mentality that says, I am going to go to the rim every single time no matter what. Yeah. You know? Because Ant physically, like, do, unless you're guarding him with a Kawhi Leonard type 6'8", solid as fuck wing, he's going to overpower anyone who's guarding him physically. He can kind of get there whenever he wants. Mm. Yeah, and, like, in doing the research for this, I had only been looking at this from the eye test, and, like, the eye test was Rudy Gobert's doing a good job, Cat's doing a shit job, Tony's doing a good job, Mike Conley's just sort of fitting in. Like, there's been times where it's a bit like, oh, who is that guy guarding the point guard? Oh, fuck, that's Mike Conley. Like, he's supposed to be good at this. Like, he's just now, you know, late career. He's just like, well, he's averaging, what, 10, 12 points or whatever Mike Conley's doing. Um, and so just going from purely the eye test before I was researching for this podcast, 17th in offense for the team is actually, like, lower than I thought it was. Like, the fact that they're sort of hitting all their upper echelons right now where it's like, yeah, Tony is hitting all those middies. He's doing all this incredible stuff, but they're still below average. They're still below league average in offense. It is frightening. You're right. Like it is a little bit like if it falls off just a smidge, all of a sudden, yeah, you might be the first in defense team, but you might be the 25th in offense. Um, And the early career Denver Nuggets, their whole thing was, well, they're number one or two in offense every single year, but Jokic can't stop anyone and they're in the bottom 20. Um, well, they're in the bottom 10 for for defense and they're just never going to win a championship that way. And it took Jokic getting better and then, you know, just any team who's in the top 10 in both stats is just going to win. Um, and I, yeah, I was a little bit shocked at that. But I also think it is due to um, team composition because if Cat isn't hitting, hitting his shots and I think he's had two good games now, like he's this this most recent away stand, this this most recent like back to back, he's played well, like he's had a couple of good games and hopefully he's gonna start to tick up as well so that if Tony isn't getting the ball going and if he's not able to get where he wants to go, then at least you've got Cat who can also do something and then if Cat's shooting it then all of a sudden Rudy's the only guy. Rudy Gobert who I should mention cried after not making the All-Star game a couple of years ago. But all of a sudden, Rudy's like cut into the rim and he's the only guy inside the paint and Mike Conley can still hit shots. Um, and yeah, Jade McDaniels, whatever. Uh, it's like, 
it is a little bit worrying. Well, the cat, like, cat's averaging 20 points on 45% shooting, yeah. which is, like, way, way, yeah. way down from what he's, he's where making, he's been He's at. making more money than both those numbers. Isn't yeah, it? which which we, we kind of, you know, espoused a principle a few years ago. For stars, it should never be like that, unless you're in the 50s, mm. you know. It should never be like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, his last full healthy season where he was actually playing well he averaged 25 yeah um he averaged 25 and he shot 53% from the field so yeah. there's major statistical drop off and a continuation of last season's kind of injury hit campaign and then Gobert is not functioning healthily either which is what gives me a bit of pause to say like this is going to be sustainable because like for the team as a whole because Gobert is getting to the rim less mm. because there's not as much space for him as there was in Utah and he's also shooting terribly this is like a major major outlier season for Gobert um, in in field goal percentage in general shooting 51% from the field yeah. uh, he's taking is, some hard attempts though he's taking he? he's taking, <laughs> he's oh, taking that, that's tongue very firmly planted well what I'm going to say is he's, he's previously he's not shooting unless it's a dunk yeah but now he's operating much more in the kind of short mid area than he has before. And he's, for all of the, you know, oh, Rudy Gobert shooting threes in a warm-up and he makes yeah. five of them in a row, we don't really respect how different NBA players are from us. For all of that, yeah. whatever, I hear you. I hear you. Um, he's a terribly, terribly unskilled offensive player for anything outside of space manipulation dunking and screening like mm. those are uh, th- those three things he's, he's among the best to ever do it mm, mm. don't get me wrong mm. uh, offensive rebound throw it in there as well but he's not someone who's going to get the he, he get also, the ball from six feet away where he can't dunk it and like hit a hook yeah. you know he's not going to do a power dribble and then spin to his left and hit the DA like little baby layup. Yeah, he's, he's not going to seal this guy down low and then he, just like put he, it up. If he's, yeah. not, if he's not dunking and if he's not getting offensive rebounds, he's really struggling. And, and what you're seeing, you know, the, the his effective field goal percentage is 52%. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't been below 63 since in, Cam, the, since in the last was with him. seven or eight seasons. Yeah. Since, since he was in his third year. Since he was sharing the court with Anus the Penis. Yeah, I think it's actually Anus the Freeness. Because it's <laughs> Anus Freedom these days. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 not functioning well for their big man, which means so much is on Tony. And he obviously has delivered through the early stage of the season offensively. But I don't know. It, it's, it's something to watch because I don't know that if he goes into a shooting slump yeah. and they just kind the of keep the status him. quo yeah like you, you you could say like a month where they're 25th in offense oh, well, that, and, that brings us into a segue which I want to finish this segment on um, the there was a report last week or two weeks ago that said that a lot of a lot of GMs across the league and a lot of like big NBA people have started to say oh well, Tony Edwards is sort of that Michael Jordan type where he He's going to just drag this team, even though the pieces might not fit, he's going to drag this team into the playoffs and he's going to drag this team into hopefully a top six seed, right? Um, And if that's the way it is, which the small sample size of 11 games that we have, that is what it is. Like, I think we can say he's doing everything people have hyped him up to do. 
should Tim Connolly and the Minnesota Timberwolves just say, fuck it, let's just build the team around him, whether that's trading one of their big men, I would say preferably Cat, whether that's, I mean, I think Chris Finch loves Mike Conley, and Chris Finch says one of the best things about this season is that they were able to get a full off season of Mike Conley there as the point guard. But should they should they make some moves, some major moves, where it's, so it's like, all right, if, if you've got a number one defense with Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert who threw a punch at Carl Anderson after Carl Anderson criticized him for asking for the ball too much. If you if you if you're happy with that number one defense with Rudy Gobert and building the offense around Tony, do it. Like fucking do it. Don't say, oh, maybe we'll give some possessions to Cat. You know, if there's any possession where Tony doesn't touch the ball, that might just be a failure now at this point. Don't think that I don't see and hear what you're <laughs> doing with throwing in these little asides of Gobert character assassinations yeah. on the day after Draymond Green put Rudy Gobert in a it's headlock. It's just like Tony, you, so you, you come can, to me on the day after so Draymond put him in a headlock. So, so you can form some sort of justification for, I don't for, know Draymond, for Draymond's actions. Oh, Kyle Anderson doesn't like him. He asked for the ball too much. <laughs> oh, he cried when he didn't make the all-star team. He's a coward. Two things can be true. Yeah. But I see you. Yeah. Um, the only thing that makes me... I'll start with a concern. And then I'll start with a question. And that'll feed <laughs> perfectly into my um, cautiously optimistic <laughs> persona. My concern is that Cat's 28 and Gobert's 31. Mm. And if you trade Cat and commit to this and you say we're going to do the Utah offense and mm. Kat's going to be Donnie Mitch and Gobert's going to be himself and we're going to do that because we know that it works. Yeah. If you do that and then Gobert doesn't age well and he's like washed by 33, you're really fucked yeah. because you, you've you traded Cat away for what almost certainly won't be a star back in return. Let's let's call well, it the Miami Alpha. Well, yeah, but that that's you know, spoiler alert, that'll that'll be my question. But yeah. you've traded Cataway, um and Gobert as a second banana offensively in the playoffs. We've seen over and over and over yeah, and over yeah, and over, yeah. and over and over again. So it sounds great eleven games in, Cat's playing poorly to say, Oh, let's unlock Gobert more mm. And help Ant thrive, help Tony thrive. Let's do that because think about what we could get for Cat. But you'd look like a real fucking idiot come early May, round one of the playoffs, and go Bears putting up a seven and nine and getting played off the court. And yeah. you're like, oh, could we use a dude who could just go for thirty? Yeah. And be an offensive mismatch on any given possession. And the answer is yes because Cat actually has played pretty well in the playoffs. Yeah. All things considered, over the last sort of few appearances that he's made mm. so that leads that's my concern that leads me to my question where where is he going and what's yeah. enough because this is a dude who is on a supermax yeah, yeah, yeah so he's gonna be earning between 50 and 65 million every season for the next five years where's where's he going and what are you getting for him um so yeah i mentioned miami and that that damien lillard package just because miami are desperate and they need to do something um, but on that which play- is what a couple of first round picks Tyler Hero and yeah, because Cat's on Duncan big money Robinson? nah it'd have to be Kyle Lowry Kyle Lowry and Dunk yeah oh I mean fuck sure you'd be asking for Hero no Hero as well yeah Hero Hero's yeah. in it yeah, yeah, yeah. Hero's okay. in it no question yeah. but it's like yeah you're right like what if what if you trade Cat 
and then it dries up in the playoffs. Well, if you don't trade Cat and Gobert, who touched every single microphone while he had COVID, potentially affecting every <laughs> journalist in the... He did do that. He did do that. <laughs> um, we should blame him for that. <laughs> he actually ate the bat. Um, so, like, yeah, you can go into the playoffs and be like, well, what if we don't have Cat? And then Gobert just stinks it up. Well, you can keep Cat and go to the playoffs and Gobert still might stink it up because he's just not a playoff basketball player, right? But then at least you have Cat. Yeah, but then at least you have Cat. But, I mean, like... Yeah, I would I would seriously explore the trade market. Um, we're going to talk about Zach Levine. Maybe is Zach Levine available? I probably wouldn't want that because you've got no, Tony Edwards no, no, doing no, no, the exact no, no. same that's, thing. That's awful. That's terrible. But um, who? I mean the, the. I mean you've talked about Golden State for years and years and years. Do you think that there's a workable package? Um, yeah. For that, uh, like, do you? But think- it, it'd be Chris Paul. And yeah, like they, yeah. They, don't, they don't want Chris Paul. Um, let's go through the teams. Would you do Draymond? No, nah, nah. Draymond picks and your young players for Cat. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do any of the Golden State big three. I think they just have to retire and the yeah. drive off into the sunset. Yeah. Um, like I mean, if you were gonna trade him, you fucking wouldn't want it to be for someone as annoying as Cat. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, there's Atlanta deals, but you're getting a big back in return. There's Indiana deals, um, but then you're just getting Benny Math and Buddy Heald. Would you do it? Would you do an Atlanta deal if you got Dejounte back in return? Said Dejounte and wings, and you say to Atlanta, you can figure out what to do <laughs> on Yeko Okongwu and Clint Capella. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we will take your point guard. Yeah. And Atlanta, maybe, maybe you, you rope in a third team who wants a Kongwu. Yeah. Hey, Atlanta, you're clogged at the one position. Do you want to be clogged at the five instead? You know, mm-hmm. the less, the less valuable guys. Yeah. I mean, like that's, would you rather Hero or Dejounte Murray in a wing? <laughs> oh, I definitely would rather Dejounte Murray in a wing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not big on Hero, particularly for the redundancy of scoring from the guard spot. Yeah. Just spend true, 10 minutes true, talking about true. Tony Edwards averaging 28 points. And then Mike Conley's coming off the bench to Jontes. I'm not worried about Mike Conley. (laughs) Mike Conley, Mike Conley can do whatever at this stage. Um, There's not a lot of like hand in glove fits, and there's not a lot of teams that obviously would want him. Whereas you talk about another, you know, up until maybe three weeks ago when the season started, another potential want away big man uh, in Philadelphia. We were talking like, okay. There's like Miami, New York are 100% going to fucking like throw their hats in the ring. There's some really like teams are lining up. Obviously, he's better than Cat, but teams are lining up and there's ways you can make it fit. Whereas with Cat, it's not like there's no one eyes emojiing him across mm. the country being like, oh, we just got to, yeah. we got to get this guy. Yeah. In. You know, like yeah. there's, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, they shouldn't have traded everything for fucking Gobert in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I think that. I think, well, I mean, you know, that seems to be one of the most obvious things that any NBA analyst could say. But we're we're, we're doing we're doing a whole segment on them because they're eight and three, yeah. and and because he's back to being a DPOY type performer. So, yeah. I mean, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Um, a cat for a deal based around Larry Markkinen. God, I don't think that solves anyone's problems. Really? Yeah. It, it doesn't. You're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's 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 move on to the elephant in the room. 
This episode of The Deep 2 is presented by Gelateria Bico, the official gelato of The Deep 2. Gelateria Bico, handmade gelato in the heart of Brunswick. You want to talk WNBA? Maybe some WNBL? Australian Opals chat? Heck, even dabble in some EuroLeague? Find the W Basketball Show on the Deep 2 Podcast Network. There was a scuffle at the start of the Golden State versus Minnesota. The game. craziest thing about this is that it was 90 seconds into the game. Yeah. Chill out. Yeah, bro, it's the, it's the in-season tournament. The like, tensions were high. Yeah, you, you, you can narrate. I mean, you, 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 have, you have skin in the game. I'm just a neutral observer. The, the, Golden State Warriors, um, the Golden State Warriors commentators were like, look at the intensity of an of a IST game. It's like, nah, they just they hit each other. Like, yeah. they're, they're pretty fucking riled up. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, the crowd wants to fucking kill these guys, right? Like, the, everyone's into this, not because the court's fucking ugly, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so, Clay grabbed McDungle first, <laughs> right? Clay, Clay grabbed him first as if, like, he was tagging him because he was going to cut and it's like, can I just say, when I play basketball on a Monday, I've said this maybe five times, um, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm defending my man slash I'm in the paint I'm, my head's going back and forth you know ball and man and then like sometimes I say to the guy god I wish you had bells on mate I could keep track of you without looking <laughs> and then I might have said that five times in the past two years and I've had one laugh yeah if some if my if my <laughs> player said that to me I would say nothing or say shut the fuck up damn well also uh, on Monday it was a grading game we played the top team we were the fifth team uh, also like grading within your grade what are we doing guys yeah. but um yeah playing gr- playing grading and then this dude like i go to cut through the paint and this dude sort of shoulders into me and like it pushes me back and i'm like what the fuck are you doing man it's grading and then he goes oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't know it was grading 20 minutes into the game um yeah so clay thompson tagging him I don't know if that tag went from a, let's say you're putting the back of your hand on someone so they can brush past, or if it was a grab, it looked a lot like a grab, and then it looked like a not let go. Why? I'll, I've given you the floor to narrate, you but I need, I, need you to, I need you to do your best to be an unbiased narrator. I, Why on earth would we give Clay, who I hate to say it, but he, he has rat tendencies... Yeah, but he's developed. Why? Yeah, he's developed them. But over the last five years, he's become a bit of a rat. Both in terms of COVID. Both in terms of his actions. Five years. Both in terms of like the way that he plays, his actions on the court, his reactions to being trash talk, like the four rings shit. Yeah, yeah. He's become a bit of a rat. Why are we giving him any benefit of the doubt here? Saying maybe he he touched him, but he didn't grab him. Like no. They were jostling. Yeah. There's there's grabbing going on. There's grabbing. Just um, do just do me a favor and. McDonald's running backwards. He's still getting grabbed. So then he grabs Clay as well, and they're going back and forth, back and forth. And then they, uh, someone tries to push an arm, and then the other one gets flung. And then Rudy Gobert comes over to pull Clay away from the situation with hands around his neck. Um, I was watching this video last night with um, friend of the program Alessio Conte, part of the program Alessio Conte, um, chief uh, CFO, chief food officer. He's cooking. I thought he was. I thought he was the CHO, chief hating officer. Yeah, that too. No, he's a hey, man of many hats. <laughs> Sometimes it's a big fluffy white hat. Um, with don't the ask if there's a rat underneath there controlling him. <laughs> we nah, will not. He, we will not tell you. He's got a different one where it's in his pubes. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, pull that one out. <laughs> um, so, 
Um, God, I've really distracted myself with that one. You were talking yeah, but, about yeah, you so up We to- were watching it. We were watching the video. Yeah, and then to- I, I just kept on being, pause it. Rudy's grabbing him. Ruby's grabbing <laughs> Ruby. Rudy's grabbing him. And Ru- Rudy grabbed him, not as not as strongly as Draymond did. And then Draymond came over and he grabbed Ruby, Rudy in a headlock put his fucking good headlock on him and then just ran away with him. He's now been suspended for five games. Um, And I was listening to the Light Years podcast and they reckon there's going to be more. They reckon they're going to come out in a couple of days and give him more games on top of that. But can I also just say, when this whole thing happened, when we lost the game, I was just like, I can't wait to just listen to my three Warriors podcasts and just be like, guys... Please just confirm my worldview. I just, I just need to shut everything out. Need a bit of and validation listen, and listen to people who, who care about me. <laughs> it's such a fucking echo chamber in there. Yeah, and it's so good, bro. It sounds oh, insufferable. We're going for a run today, and oh. then we're talking about it. And it was you so- can't be running to podcasts. You'll be running to music. But I, I used to, but then I would exhaust myself. And podcasts, oh, it's so good. You know, saying that's not going to motivate you to run fast. Yeah, right? um, I, I'll go to music at the end of the run. Anyway, so yeah, Dray- Draymond did the wrong thing. Draymond has a you think Draymond has a track record of doing the wrong Does thing he? and overreacting. Um, Rudy had a funny thing that he said before the game that whenever Steph's out. Dre, like, he's going to find a way to get ejected from this game because he hates playing without Steph. Like, he just can't do it. And fuck that age pretty good. I mean, it's kind of also true. Yeah. Because yeah. when Steph was out at the start of... Was it the start of last season? Or the season before? When Steph was out for, like, an extended period of time and he was just fucking... In 2020? Dog water. Yeah, in 2020 when Clay was out as well and then, like, after halfway... No, there was, a, there was a stretch. There was yeah. a stretch, like... Since you've been good again. I mean, obviously, when Steph broke his hand, yeah. Dremel played 10 games and was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to shut it down. Yeah. I don't feel like doing this. He was doing a lot more podcasts. Yeah, a lot more. There was a, there, there was another stretch early in, in one of the last two seasons where okay. Steph was out for like you know, six oh, to 10 Oh, was it games. around March? Because you know who starts in his place? Tell me. Jonathan Gwinga. Yeah. And he goes off in March. Um, off. The the most notable thing to me about this is just the length of time that Dre had Gobert in a headlock for. So because good. it was it was, it, so it was like it was interminable. It, it just went on and on and on, and he took him so far away. He did a little snake, he did a little Chris Paul snake dribble, came around the screen mm. with Gobert tucked under his arm like a little like a like a crane or is it a stork bringing a baby? Just tucked, source, yeah. tucked under his little wing, just bringing the baby safely through the window and laying it in the crib. So um, good, so good. And got to be top 10 dumbest shit I've ever seen in my whole NBA watching experience. There was just no need to do that whatsoever. Uh, on, on Gobert's part? No, on Drown Drown's you said, part. You said Gobert. Yeah, no, I'm I talking mean, about I'm talking about Dre dragging Gobert around. No, no need to do that whatsoever. Gobert, if if Gobert's intentions were pure, were pure, which there's no reason to suspect that they that they were. Yeah. If he was trying to break the fight up, mm. pull him away. You, pull from, you, you always pull your teammate. Pull your own guy yeah, away. Don't yeah. pull the other guy away. That's like breaking up the fight one on one. As soon as you, as soon as the third party player lays hands on the opposition. It's 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 game it's a on. Brawl, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Go, yeah, yeah. Pull your fucking guy away. Pull yeah. McDongle away from the action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? If you're on the other side from McDongle because you're on the Warriors side, don't fucking get involved. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chris Paul, chief cunt, was able to not get involved in a scuffle. Like, yeah. that that's incredible. Was it he who spat on Rondo or Rondo spat on him? Oh, that's... You, we're, we're going back. In the bubble. We're going... Oh, in the, in the bubble? In the bubble. I don't remember that. It was... Um, I it thought was we must have been late, going back like 10 years. No, it was, it was Lakers Rockets. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> um, I think it was... The Westbrook Bowl. <laughs> it was... It was... It was... Years, um, <laughs> it was one of them because... Yeah, it was like... It was Rondo's... Rondo's wife and kid was sitting there. Ah, fucking whatever. Yeah. But anyways, Chris Paul wasn't involved. Um, look, I, it's, you know, Draymond shouldn't have done that, but I love that he did. Like, I, I love that I had people messaging me going, what's wrong with this guy, right? Like, I love that Draymond did that because he has a massive history with, with Rudy Gobert, right? They've, yeah. They don't like each other. They're competing for DPO-wise. I was reading up quite a lot about like their you know, beef history, for want of a better word. And um, yeah, remember when uh, when Draymond punched uh, Jordan Poole? Mm. Also, this is some of that history that we were alluding to before. Mm. Um, Rudy Gobert said he just tweeted out of the blue, "Insecurity is always loud." And then when um, Rudy Gobert punched Carl Anderson, Draymond Green like retweeted it. Yeah, I mean Rudy Gobert is one of the most conspicuously <laughs> insecure NBA yeah, players yeah. that has passed through in recent times and also he always seems to be on the losing end of any physical altercation so not only is yeah. he not only is he insecure and able to be drawn to physical violence <laughs> he's also not very effective in that situation and the one thing that you can say about Draymond is that that's true that he is able to be drawn to physical violence and he probably is quite insecure um but he's also but at least he's good in a chon (laughs) he's got you know he's got big muscles yeah did you see when he's got the fucking yeah I mean it's not less about the muscles because Gobert has them too but Draymond actually is like he's He's, tough he ingested a dog he's tough yeah yeah and as much as you hate to say it he really is and as much as you love to say it Gobert's not tough there's nothing tough about Gobert, even yeah. even if he pins your dunk attempt against the backboard and then mm. gets the rebound and throws it out, lets it in, and there's a fast break, and he just doesn't even run. He stands. You're on the ground, and he stands there. Oh, there's nothing tough about it. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, that's the most intimidating thing that a defender can do. Is yeah. like there. I've blocked you so hard. I don't even need to get back and play offense. I'm just going to stand near you whilst yeah. you're on the floor. Yeah. Nothing intimidating about that. Draymond is an intimidating character. He's tough. He's good in a chon. Uh, he's also just an idiot. Mm, mm. Such an idiot. Um, so when he gets suspended from the NBA, you don't get paid for those games. They figure out the maths. Basically, I know games. that you're going to say that it's almost 800k. Yeah, it's 800k. It's a, a piss in a bucket. I know, but like it doesn't mean but, anything. But 25k it is piss in a bucket. No, 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 no. 800k no, 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 no. is less piss he in a bucket. He signed a. I'm not trying to say you should get it back. 100 million dollar contract on top of his previous career earnings of 10 years. Yeah. Um, it's that, you know, 800K works out to 0.8% of his, um, you know. Yeah, okay. That's less than what I spend on my on my yearly tram, <laughs> my yearly okay. Mikey money. You that's know? a good tram if you spent 800K on it. Um, yeah, just, just, I got, and I, after that, I was, I'm, 
I'm a fucking warrior simp. I yeah, was so obviously. fucking heated. Yeah. And then I messaged our group chat and was like, fuck, you know, finally Moody comes in. Also, one of the one of the light years guys tweeted and was like, Steve Kerr is going to finish this game and be like, man, I wish there was a way we could have found some minutes for Moody out there because he just doesn't fucking play him. But every press release, he's like, every press conference, he's like, Moody's a great player. We got to get my money from Anyway, Pods came in. Yeah, I was going to ask you about it. Fuck, man. He's so good. Yeah. Like, in preseason, his, his stat lines are all... Because he played quite a bit. It was like six, seven, eight, one turnover, right? Like, he's... <clears throat> he's just one of those really low turnover. He's like a smaller, skinnier, wider Andre Godala. Andre Godala, famously white. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, he just, he just fucking... He just didn't have any rookie issues. He didn't have, like, a rookie wall. He didn't have any problems. He just, like, stepped up. He came in, he hit a bunch of threes, he hit well, he hit three threes, two of them were like very hard. He hit all these floaters because he's he's actually like very good in in the in the floater area. Probably because he's not great in the paint because he is a rookie and he's only a small guy. But he was so fucking consistent. And on a night where it's like Chris Paul did his snake dribbles, and I was like, Well, we're gonna be seeing a lot of this, and he just didn't do it. Like he had a couple. Chris Paul choked down the end of the game and like made some massive turnovers. Chris Paul first like I think it was like first nine games had seven turnovers and in the last three games he's had nine turnovers it's the first time I've ever heard you say anything negative about Chris Paul <laughs> but it's like man what the fuck what the, he's like he, he, at least with Jordan Poole he'll turn the ball over nine times but he'll get some shots up he's none of this is surprising <laughs> he's 38 he's 38 mm. you you've watched him play in Phoenix in the playoffs the last Two seasons, you know, you know that he's not a, not a threat to score at all. I mean, where yeah. where is this coming from? Of course, he wasn't going to average zero point eight turnovers and seven assists per no, game. But the turnovers, for the, the turnovers haven't been there. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Of course, he wasn't going to average. He, well, he was averaging seven and, and less than one turnover. Of course, he's not going to have a seven to one assist to turnover ratio. Look at his assist to turnover ratio for the whole season, including those games, and I guarantee it's still elite. He's, okay. he's holding up his end of the bargain. It's just. Steph was out, Clay was out, Draymond was out. You're, you're not relying on this guy to create your offense for you, um, you create your scoring for you anymore. We need to get off the Warriors. Yeah, okay. We need yeah. to get off the I do like the Warriors. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, Mulligans. Um, we do our overrunners every single year, and we know that you guys like it because it's always one of our most listened to episodes, if not the most listened to episodes. Um, last year and this year, we are inst- instituting a Mulligan where we get to go back, uh, what's three weeks into the season, and change one of our predictions. Um, I will just get into it. I think that's a good enough intro. Um, I had Philadelphia getting the under at 49 and a half and I'm changing that to an over because if they don't do any trades for the rest of the season, they look great. Um, they look good. Their offense looks good. Their defense looks good. They're humming. Tyrese Maxey might just be better than James Harden right now. Tobias Harris might be. is Tobias Harris um, is an efficient player and he is playing well. Um and there's always a chance that they get something else. So I'm going uh, Philadelphia winning over 49 and a half. What are you doing? I've just checked the over-unders to see what I did on Philadelphia, and I also went under. Uh, but I'm going... I'm uh, using my mulligan. <clears throat> I went over on Memphis. 
um, who I believe are two and nine and at the bottom of the West. The logic being that if they went five hundred through the through the the jar twenty five game suspension, they would only have to win like they don't have to go like thirty two and. 25 the rest of the way or something like that which just seems to me to be impossible that both of those things didn't happen yeah um because we've seen the absolute basement for this team when jar has not been that has been significantly above 500 Mm. um but they've been a real fucking dumpster fire and steven adams being a late out has really cost them and it's just a really stark reminder of the discourse around this team for years has been consolidation trade, consolidation trade, too much depth, too much depth. When your depth is not being supported by an eco or not taking part in an ecosystem that's pinned up by your stars, it's really fucking difficult to get mm. that going because you're looking at guys who last season, the season before you're saying that's a high level role player and they're just fucking falling off a cliff your your Aldamas of the world mm. your Tillmans of the world Bain has been good offensively but has not been tent pole you know Aunt Edwards get on my back I'm gonna Tony Edwards Tony Edwards yeah. I'm gonna make this happen mm. um, nor you know no one expected Triple J to do that but he hasn't done that yeah. either and, that's, and that's fine though it's just like yeah if you're a superstar player didn't fucking tout guns twice on yeah. Instagram yeah this, so this I, shouldn't be a problem I mean I mean like it, it, it's really hard to see how this team hits 46 now mm. I mean what Jar, Jar comes back in 14 games. There's another 14 games of this. Even if they go 7-7 seven and seven over the next 14 yeah, games, there's still yeah. going to be 7 games under 500 when they come in, which means they're going to have to win like... They're going to have to go like 40 and 18 the rest of the way or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. I'm using my mulligan on the on the Wolves. Um, I should be, but I, I just really want to... No, the Sixers are great. Great. Yeah, but at least like the Sixers, like shit could still go wrong. Like the, I don't think Memphis are hitting the over. Like if Jar gets back and the chemistry is it incredible, just, Memphis it just, it just becomes a statistical thing. Like yeah, yeah. If, even if they improve, like they're gonna have a mountain they to climb to hit the over. Yeah, games, and they st- they still don't have Stephen Adams. He doesn't come back after twenty five. No, games. he doesn't. Unfortunately. Um, all right, let's move on to one piece of news. Um, one piece. Yeah, have you watched it? You watched the live action one. <laughs> um, well, we don't want to talk about the suspensions. We already did that. No, I mean, I was just making it funny. Let's, oh, let's talk oh, about yeah. someone who we teased earlier. Um, Chicago Bulls are exploring the idea of trading Zach Levine coming from Sham Stronia of The Athletic. The Lakers, the Heat, and the 76ers are interested. Um, I said throw in Dallas for fun, but apparently there was a, I, I read five minutes later, there was a report from Mark Stein that says, quote, the Mavs are unlikely to pursue Levine because they're committed to their two ball-dominant stars, unquote. Um, they've well, been the team for years that was like get Luca a second star and it's going to be Levine that yeah, was yeah. that's been like a long standing rumour but obviously obsolescence when <laughs> Kyrie's there um, so the article suggests that the last time Chicago put Levine on the market their asking price was way too high and so many GMs were just like you shouldn't have you shouldn't have leaked this to the media like you shouldn't have got fans excited that you might be blowing it up because you clearly aren't fucking serious about this um, and I hope they are serious about it now because what they're three and seven at the moment after a Paolo Banquero game winner um, and yeah uh, a follow up report said that if Levine does go 
Chicago are fully like we will get rid of DeMar DeRozan as well and do something else and do something else we will get we will get rid of Nikola Vucevic who we signed <laughs> to a three year 60 million dollar extension three oh. months ago <laughs> for what it's worth I just did a Chicago Bulls rebuild on 2k um, traded how De- many star values Vucevic have <laughs> don't know um, traded DeMar DeRozan to the Lakers for like Rui uh uh, D'Angelo Russell and like a, a lottery protected first. That's like a real time machine thing. Like Demar Derozan links to the Lakers. Levine on yeah. the trade block. Oh, yeah. Is this what season is this? I feel like um, we're in COVID again. Levine was a three team trade to get Pascal Siakam and the Warriors. Levine to the Raptors. Chris Paul. <laughs> There's nothing more Sean than getting Pascal Siakam on the Warriors. Um, and then Chris Paul was the salary going back to the Bulls. And then my favorite part of this whole fucking like rebuild was getting Caruso to the to the Denver Nuggets how good of a fit would that be the next Bruce Brown yeah literally and yeah. then just more championship pedigree just getting rid of fucking uh, Reggie Jackson it was Reggie Jackson and Zeke Nagy um, yeah this they, they better be serious what are your thoughts oh, I mean my thoughts is, is, is too little too late yeah um, and it's been a minute since Levine was really, really, really good. And when we started this pod, we were both pretty skeptical of Levine as a high-level player. Levine was the, 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 the prototypical empty stats, Monte Ellis on the, the early 2010 Warriors. Like, oh, that dude averaged 26, but you, you, you watch it and it's like, oh... Okay, yeah, I get it now. He's yeah. just taking every single shot. Yeah. Um... And then he then he actually became a really fucking elite scorer and he actually started to play D for maybe a season and a half. Yeah. And since then he's been injury riddled, he's been in and out of the lineup, his shots deserted him, his his trade value is at the lowest it's ever, ever, ever going to be. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't really see a benefit to standing pat and waiting for his value to recuperate itself because what what are you doing that for yeah. you just play out this whole season again mm. to hope that by the end of the season Levine's shooting 47% not 40% so you can trade him for more yeah meanwhile what are you doing with DeRozan meanwhile Vucevic is just an Fuck. odious yeah. odious like nobody is going to want to yeah, trade yeah, for Vucevic yeah. Yeah. Um, I kept him on that 2k rebuild well probably because no one wants to trade for him <laughs> Um, now all the trades were unrealistic. It it uh it just feels like they have played their hands so poorly, um and treated him as a franchise player, which it, you know he he looked like maybe he could become for a period of time, mm. um but he he really never has kind yeah. of achieved consistently anything even resembling someone that could be the best player on a good team and he's currently the Bulls best player yeah, so yeah. what do you, where do you go from here I, I don't know that there are teams that have been you know that seem like natural fits are going to be clamoring so you know Dallas was linked forever Philly seems like an interesting fit but I don't think that that's the guy that Daryl Morey is going to go in on yeah would Utah look at him and try and get him and Larry Markkinen to pull them into the eight seed I just wish they didn't trade for John Collins yeah it just makes everything worse well I don't know I mean yeah. it is is 
what, what what what's what's the mark? I mean, I mean, forget about yeah. an, an offer. You got to figure out who's gonna who's yeah, who's yeah, actually yeah. gonna want him on their team. Mm. I mean, does he go up to the just Toronto? I say, <laughs> Toronto make an offer and and try and like inject a bit of dynamism and shooting that they don't have with their three six foot nine wings. I mean, you got Schroeder, Levine, Ojanobi, Scotty Barnes, Jakob Pertl. Is he, you know, is he someone that can elevate that team this year and be a bit of an OG insurance policy if OG leaves in free agency at the end of the year? Yeah, but then what are we talking about? Like? Well, I mean, that's where we are. With, yeah, that's where yeah. we are with this. There's no one fucking... There's no bidding war. There's no one waiting. In the, it's far more likely that we see, and I'm not suggesting that it'll be to this level of paltry return, but I think it's far more likely that we see a John Collin type offer mm. where you look at it and you're like, holy fuck, this guy went for that. <coughs> yeah. Then we, then we see, um, you know, like multiple teams trying to outbid each other because I don't even think this guy can be the second best player on a good team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty clear. He has to be a third banana. I mean, Pascal Siakam was the third banana on a finals winning team. I would say he's in the same area, like the same range as Pascal Siakam. At least the Raptors were. At least the Raptors had two good seasons after they won a chip. Yeah, the Raptors were in. The Raptors, Raptors were in the playoffs. Yeah. Like they were in the playoffs after their best player left for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what what has Levine achieved with the Bulls on a on a, a team level? Like literally yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah, literally nothing. Um, well, that's as miserable as what to finish podcast. So if you're listening still, uh, thanks for listening. If you're listening and you're not following, make sure you follow. Follow. Uh, if you enjoy, share it with some friends who are into basketball. Share it. Um, Dante, I will speak to you next time. Great to talk to you, Sean. The Jeff and Gundy Tribute Show is your fortnightly dose of the lighter side of basketball, hosted by me, Marco. And me, Lucas. We take a more laid-back approach, talking about the NBA, the WNBA, FIBA basketball, culture, whatever tickles our fancy or grinds our gears. The show is filled with great guests, classic gags, and a healthy dose of tangents in honour of the great man himself. The Jeff Van Gundy Tribute Show, fortnightly on the Deep 2 Podcast Network. You know, love's just talking about the league, certain things like that.